You're listening to The Beauty Brains, where real scientists answer your beauty questions. And now, here's Randy and Perry. Hello and welcome to show number 136. I'm your host, Perry Romanowski, and with me, as always, is Randy Schuler. Hey, Randy. Hello, everybody. I like to think of myself as the host, but okay. <laughs> That's right. Uh, well, we are professional cosmetic chemists who are going to spend the next 30 minutes or so answering your questions, talking about beauty science stories we've read in the news, and amusing you with our regular hygienes. It's <laughs> awfully optimistic of you. <laughs> well, on today's show, you'll learn about how robots may be incorporated into your beauty routine, whether body lotion can condition your hair, if horse oil is good for your skin, and we'll learn whether you should trust some of the advice that you see on the internet about beauty Ooh, products. I can guess that. <laughs> but before yeah. we get into that, uh, we should start with some of our witty banter that we're so famous for, shouldn't <laughs> yeah, we? <laughs> oh, I'm, yeah, I'm sure there would be an outrage if we didn't <laughs> kick off with one of Perry's personal parables. <laughs> well... Uh, First, I, I would like to throw it to you. Hey, you got any uh, subjects you want to talk about your life about? No. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. so. <laughs> well, I I want to tell you about my planking project. Okay. Yeah, I you know I I like to do a challenge every year, and uh, this year my challenge is I'm going to build up to do planks as long as I can. Now, a plank is where essentially you hold like a a, a push up position. Mm-hmm. And you just stay there for as long as you okay. can, right? That's a that's a plank, and you know some people have a hard time. It's like a minute or so. so I've some people have a up. hard time believing we're even talking about this. <laughs> but continue. I but I built up. Uh, I I'm up to seven minutes now. I can hold a plank for seven minutes. I, I could try it right now on the yeah, show, well, but this no. is a, an audio Mm-mm. show. <laughs> no. So I I felt pretty good about myself, you know sure. the the seven minutes, mm-hmm. and, you know, because everyone I know they're like, oh, that's great, <laughs> and then. Then I just then I just saw in my Facebook feed the the a guy just set a world record for doing planks. Okay. You know what the world record for a plank is? Oh, eight and a half minutes. Uh, eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> this guy held him. He he topped the old record, which was five hours. So so eight hours the record for planking. Uh, I guess I guess I've got. Still a little more work to do. I, I can't do something that feels good for eight hours. How, how could you plank for that long? I don't know. I mean, the guy wasn't even listening to podcasts or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It? All right. Well, that's that. Uh, that that's that patented uh, witty banner. <laughs> Actually, you can't pat- patent witty banner, but we we do trademark it. Yeah, so witty banner. TM. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we move into today's uh, beauty science news stories? Can you cue the music, Randy? Uh... It seems like the industry is obsessed with smartphone apps that can help with your beauty routine. Matter, I say screw that. I want to jump right to robots that can do my personal care tasks for me. Uh, Oh, do tell. Well, uh, have you seen the work of Swedish robotic pioneer Simone Geertz, I believe? Uh, And she calls herself, get this, the queen of shitty robots. (laughs) (laughs) What? I love that title. Wow. Uh, So Simone has invented a robotic toothbrushing helmet. You just put this on your head, little device goes in front of your mouth, boom, brushes your teeth for you. 
And she has a hair washing robot that she made from a bottle of shampoo, a rubber hand, and a bunch of electronics. <laughs> <laughs> because it's so hard to wash your hair with you, your own hands? Think about it. You can plank while washing your hair. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a good point. So the, the, uh, the author of the article I read uh, described her inventions as, quote, hilariously futile, which is a great, a great <laughs> phrase. I mean, these, of course, are very tongue-in-cheek, but you know, sure. there are YouTube videos of her uh, machines in action. Uh, and hey, I would love to see some enterprising beauty company go, you know, go seriously into robots to do personal care tasks. <laughs> really? That, that would actually be cool. At a conference I was recently at, I, I heard about a, a company who had developed a, uh, a mirror where you can pick what you want your makeup to look like, and you put your face in the mirror, and then it'll print the makeup right on your face. <sighs> wow. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Sounded, sounded amazing, but that's the future of uh, beauty hmm. products. Incidentally, uh, your your mention of brushing your teeth reminded me uh, that I've started a new technique of brushing my own teeth, and there's actually 18 zones now that I use when I'm brushing my teeth. <laughs> this is all this is all a result of my meditating. I, so I started meditating earlier this uh, whoa, year. Whoa, whoa, we're like we're like three levels deep into your personal care routine at this point. I, I can't even absorb any more of this. Save it for next week. All right, I'll I'll save the eighteen zones of brushing teeth for next next Good week. Lord. But I do have a story to talk about. All right, about. please. Hey, Randy, you know how we're always getting uh, contacted by reporters and media people asking for our opinion on cosmetic science stories? Uh, quite a bit, actually. Yeah. Well, it turns out that we're not the only people who get asked. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and unfortunately, there's a lot of really bad advice being propagated. I'll present these two stories as examples. First, Yahoo Beauty must have been really hard up for stories because <laughs> here is one in which they claim a beauty blogger recommends using a lime as a deodorant. So in the picture, they show the blogger is, you know, holding this half a lime under her armpits and rubbing it. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and they say this is a unique beauty trick, <laughs> which I, I suppose it is kind of unique. But, but just because something is unique doesn't mean it's effective or good to do, right? <laughs> I mean, no, using a lime as a deodorant is not effective if you want to prevent odor. Now, if you want to sting your skin and continue to smell, then I suppose that is a unique beauty trick. But well, that, that's, I'll, that's... I'll take it one one step further. I uh, I googled uh, this article, and here's another article that came up on a related topic, uh, and the headline is "Limes Blamed for Girls' Second Degree Burns." Oh my! And I'll just read the first line here: Five girls from Fresno, California, are nursing second degree burns caused by a mix of sun and citrus fruit. And in fact, you know, not only is this ineffective advice, it's dangerous advice because Jeez. there's a condition called phytophotodermatitis where these citrus oils react with sunlight and cause these, you know, painful oozing blisters and sores. Uh, like, uh, oh, don't do this. Don't do this. That's it's terrible. Yahoo, Yahoo Beauty, if you need, you need information, contact I'm us. I'm available. <laughs> My, yeah, there you go. Yeah, if you can, if we can pull you away from Allure magazine. <laughs> All right. Now that one was bad, but this one seems to me immediately even worse, okay. right? And it's it's worse because um, this is, comes from a cosmetic chemist. Now oh. th that advice for the lime was just uh, some 
beauty blogger. Right, but it's somebody who should know better if they're a professional cosmetic chemist. Exactly. So I stumbled on this uh, story from a newspaper website out of New Zealand, and they interviewed a cosmetic chemist about natural hair remedies. Now, we get asked about stuff like this all the time, right? What do you think of this? So... But I was amazed at the nonsense that was being propagated, right? According to this chemist, supposed chemist, I guess, you can save a lot of money on hair care by using natural edible things that you can find in your kitchen. Uh, I mean, so so among some of the gems that this cosmetic chemist has said are apple cider vinegar to make your hair uh, shinier and softer, right? <laughs> Mayonnaise to improve the health of your hair. And honey to soften coarse hair. So... Uh, now I'm sure we busted all. Right, of these we, we've talked about all three of them. <laughs> but this might be a good time to review because you see you see these all the time. So what about apple cider vinegar for cleaning your well, hair? Well, the only thing that apple cider vinegar, the only benefit it may provide is that it may help remove some hard water deposits. Right. So it, right. it there, there may be some slight benefit there, but just by saying you can you know shampoo with this stuff instead of a shampoo or condition your yeah. hair to make it shine, yeah. no, it does not work that way. It, I mean, it smells awful. It's not actually going to really clean your hair. And, you know, if you want to save money on cleaning your hair, a 99-cent shampoo is going to work better. Right. And it doesn't cost as much as that. Right. right? But the, so, the myth here, I think, is that the um, the acidic nature of the vinegar tightens the cuticle and makes your hair shinier. It doesn't – your cuticle doesn't open and close that easily. It just – it doesn't work that way. Right. doesn't work. Um, okay. How about mayonnaise? Um, you know – well, there's nothing really inherently bad about it, right? Well, it's, and, it's yeah. eggs and oil, essentially. Yeah, uh, right? Eggs and oil. But, but it's not going to work nearly as well as like a properly formulated hair conditioner. Well, the only chance it would have of working is if you left it in your hair so the, those right. materials could remain behind and you know, lubricate your hair, which is going right. to stink <laughs> as it dries right. out. <laughs> right. But if you right. put it in your hair and rinse it out, there's nothing there that's substantive to the hair, so it just won't, it won't right. remain behind. Does, a conditioner is designed to stay in your hair after rinsing. Exactly. And conditioners aren't that expensive right. either, so I don't even know how much you're saving. Uh, and finally, the honey one. Now, honey is a uh, humectant, but... You know, there's nothing about pure honey, a pure honey treatment that's going to do much to make your hair anything but sticky, right? Because, you know, it's hard to wash out. But, you know, no. it's water-soluble, so right. it's going to Again, just rinse right away, right? Again, it's not going to deposit. Wow. So save your honey for your tea <laughs> and don't put it in your hair. I, I guess you can find even cosmetic chemists who buy into that natural fallacy, though, right? Or, or just who just read what people are doing on the internet and they assume that it's good well, I mean, so this is a little more outrageous than your first story in the sense that it's somebody should who should know better i mean this is a professional cosmetic chemist aren't you in charge of the secret society of cosmetic chemists can't you get this guy disbarred or something well obviously they're from the international federation of the sec which i do not have uh, any excuses no. yeah uh, I will respectfully not mention the name of this cosmetic <laughs> chemist, but we'll provide a link to the article in the show notes. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, should we move on to our next segment, which is uh, our cosmetic questions? Let's do that. Cue the music. <laughs> All right. We've got a we've got an audio question. So, uh, Randy, you the you're at the you're at the soundboard over there. You want to play the question from Joeen? Hi, Beauty Brains. My name is Johnine, and I have a question about using Rasool Clay as a shampoo alternative. I've heard really great things about it, and I'm eager to try it. Uh, when I was looking into it, I saw that uh, it's comprised mostly of silica, 
but there's also some calcium and magnesium in there. And I know those are the same minerals in hard water that can deposit on your hair and cause mineral buildup issues. And so I was wondering if that might also be a problem with using Rasool clay uh, as a shampoo, you know, like after several months or something. Um, I should also mention that the way I'll be applying it, I'll actually be mixing it with aloe vera juice uh, to get it to a similar consistency as, you know, typical shampoo. And then just putting it on my wet hair just the same way uh, as I would normal shampoo and then rinsing it out. So uh, thanks so much. I look forward to your answer. Well, thanks for that question. We touched on this once before when we talked about an article published on the blog, The Natural Haven. We'll put a link in the mm-hmm. show notes there. It's written by a scientist who goes by the name of JC, and she posted a very interesting piece on evaluating different types of mild cleansers. She did an experiment where she collected her own shed hair, which she then divided it into several groups, a negative control group that was left dirty and oily, a positive control group that was washed with regular shampoo, and then several test groups, which she washed with different types of cleansers. And then, and here's the cool part, she took micrographs of group to of, of each group to determine how well the test products were cleaned, right? So you can check out the website for pictures of the results, but essentially here's what she found. The best cleansers, that means all of the oil was removed, the shampoo... Uh, oat water. Uh, now, oat, it, oats boiled in water to release the natural saponins mm-hmm. in there, and natural soap bar. So those were the best cleansers according to her study. Now, good cleansers where you know most of the oil was removed was the hair conditioner. This was your co-wash mm-hmm. thing, uh, liquid Castile soap, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, clay. And then poor cleansers, which meant there was little to no oil remover, was baking soda. Mm. Shikaki, which is crushed uh, assay, uh, acacia. Do I have to bleep that out when you say shikaki? <laughs> no, you don't have to. That's a, that's a oh, real mushroom. Okay. <laughs> and, and worst, not surprising, <laughs> apple cider vinegar. <laughs> so back to Jonine's question, will rasul clay cause mineral buildup? Hmm. Rasul clay comes from the Atlas Mountains of Morocco. It's also known as Moroccan lava clay. It's primarily composed of a mineral called stevensite and another clay called (laughs) Montmorillonite. Something like that, yes. Uh, Whoa, yes, something like that. Uh, Anyway, it, it can also contain impurities such as iron, potassium, aluminum, and other metals. That is the downside of getting natural materials is there are lots of impurities. So So really, in part, it depends on how purified the clay is. Mineral buildup is a huge problem when the metal ions in hard water combine with soap and they form an insoluble gunk that's hard to get off your Mm -hmm. hair. But to a lesser extent, you get mineral deposits when hard water dries on your hair. But, you know, this only occurs when you have the metal ions in the water in the first place. So if your water is a good source, you don't have to worry about that. Uh, In Rasul clay and other clays like it, most of the metal ions are tied up with the molecular complex, so, you know, they're less likely to deposit on your hair. Again, this really depends on how purified the clay is. Yeah, if there are other metal salts that are in there contaminating it, maybe those are a little more water-soluble and can end up depositing on your hair. I I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Incidentally, it 
it seems unlikely that this would cause a big problem, but unfortunately, the best answer is that you just have to try it and see. Well, you know, she said that she was already having this problem, I presume from rinsing her hair in hard water, so yeah. wouldn't she still have the problem? I mean, even if it's not coming from the clay, if she's rinsing her hair with hard water and then the rinse water dries in her hair, and I'm just not sure the clay is going to solve that problem, but it doesn't sound like the yeah. clay will make it any worse. Um, you know, I thought it was interesting. She mentioned that she um, uh, mixes the clay with aloe vera. There's right. actually a patent that covers the use of this clay combined with aloe vera. So, oh, so okay. Janine, uh, feel free to use that in the privacy of your own home. Don't try and make and sell that mixture because you might be in violation <laughs> right. of this patent. Right, right. All right. Well, finally, remember these alternate cleansers like clay. They won't do a good job of removing residues for heavy conditioners or styling products. So, you know, if you are going to use them, your hair, it might not it's be clean, as clean. Right, because the, be. the study you so. cited was only about removing oil, which makes sense because, right. you know, things like clay and starches and whatnot can absorb oil. But, you know, some um, harder to remove soils or, uh, or styling products or polymer, polymers, that, that, yeah. that you need a detergent Thumbs, for. Yeah. So, very good. For sure, yeah. All right, well, you know, while we're on the subject of mineral buildup, here's a question from Nicole who asks, why is Redken Pre-Art so good at removing hard water buildup? So she went on to say that she has well water and that makes her blonde hair turn green. Uh, she she okay. color treats her hair and, and the areas that turn green are the more, more uh, porous highlighted sections, which makes sense, I've heard of that before. So she's tried everything to get rid of the green and the only thing she's found that works is this Redken Pre-Art product. It's a salon-only product, apparently. So she puts the, the product on her hair under a shower cap. She waits 30 minutes and then shampoos it out. And she said that she can literally see the green just sliding out of her hair and, and rinsing down the drain. So she wants to know wow. what makes this product work like a true miracle. I looked at the ingredients. I, I didn't really expect to see anything remarkable here, but I was pleasantly surprised to find this really is a unique product. Huh. And here's why. The first four ingredients are water, trisodium H-E-D-T-A, citric acid, and PEI-35. And it also contains a few conditioning ingredients. So yeah. it looks like the magic ingredient is this trisodium H-E-D-T-A, which, by the way, if uh, you're keeping score at home, that stands for trisodium hydroxyethylene diamine triacetate. Wow, nice And that's that. a chelating agent. So that means it's able to grab onto certain minerals and prevent them from binding to your hair. Now, in this case, it's chelating with copper, which is what causes the green tint. Right, right. Uh, now, I haven't seen this ingredient used much. You'll see chelating agents like ED, you know, sodium EDTA. But this particular yeah. version, I've never seen used in a product, particularly where it's the second ingredient. Well, there's, a, there's a good slug of this stuff in there, and, right, and apparently right. it really is working. Now, it's also interesting to note that it contains a chemical called PEI, which stands for polyethylene amine, and that's an ingredient right. we're familiar with from what? Do you remember? Yeah, that's from our, our old uh, VO5 hot Right. Yes, there. exactly. And, and the reason that ingredient is noteworthy is because it's got such a high charge density that it can actually interact with anionic detergents and deposit a conditioning complex on the hair. And in fact, right. we authored a paper with some researchers from DePaul University uh, and that was that's titled Solid State Polyelectrolyte Complexes of Branched Polyethylene Amine and Sodium Laurel Sulfate. And that was published in the Journal of Macromolecular Science. 
I'll put a link. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes just in case any of our listeners are bored out of their minds. <laughs> well, we really are science nerds. Yeah, you, you don't want to read that seriously. Uh, but but this combination of ingredients really is unique in this Redken Pre-Art product. So it's it's got some science behind it. So uh, you know, I could see recommending this to anyone who's got the problem with uh, hard water buildup. Looks like it really really yeah. works. It's always interesting to see products with uh, some unique technology because that doesn't it really doesn't. happen it's, in the beauty it's industry. It's surprising. That often. Right. Yeah. I'd yeah. hoped it had it's mayonnaise, a... but it, apparently it doesn't. <laughs> it's it's pretty infrequently that uh, you see an ingredient that is not found in other right. products, right? Yeah. All right. Well, we've got another question, uh, which I know you guys are dying to know about this. Grissel asks. I ran out of hair conditioner, so I used a bit of my body lotion instead. My hair didn't feel bad afterwards, and the lotion smells great. Hmm. Is it safe to use body lotion on the hair or conditioner on the skin? I feel that these products are similar, but I have very curly hair, and I wouldn't want to use my body lotion as a detangler because it's not slippery enough, and conditioner tends to have a soapy feel on the skin. But what if you want to use a lotion on my hair once in a while after the shower? Are there any ingredients that are harmful to the hair? Well, thanks for that question. Well, it's certainly safe to use a body lotion as a hair conditioner, right? And now whether it works or not, that's really up to your personal preferences. So let's talk about that a little bit. Lotions contain emollients, humectants, and occlusive agents that moisturize the skin. Right, now, because these... when, when you're, just let me point out, when you're moisturizing skin, because uh, I think people talk about moisturization like it's all the same thing, and it's not. For skin, it's all about putting a, a, um, a layer on top of the skin that seals moisture in, so it right. doesn't evaporate, right. so your skin stays moisture. Exactly. It doesn't and, work that way for hair. And, it, you know, you have humectants on there, which can attract, draw some moisture to that. So that's, that's right. the main reason that those are there. So. You know, these ingredients are really similar to the same types of stuff you'll find in leave-in conditioners. You know, um, mm-hmm. I'd expect that the, uh, you know, it's a, it's a higher solids level and right. different, different, you know, it's certainly uh, more occlusive agents in your skin lotion. So for most people, the, the feeling is going to be too heavy or greasy for most people's hair, right? With maybe except for um, like African-American hair, you know, natural hair may benefit from from a heavier conditioning agent, but for most people, probably not. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Now, lotions are less likely to work as as a rinse-out hair conditioner because the ingredients are not designed to stick on the hair after rinsing. So, you know, you you put a lotion on your skin, it stays there, right? But if you put a lotion in your hair, um, the water is just going to rinse, you know, most of the stuff out, right? So the way that hair conditioner, you know, properly formulated hair conditioners work, they have these uh, charged materials. We have cationic surfactants in there, and uh, that's going to attach to the damaged sites on your hair. And now regular skin lotions, they don't have those kinds of ingredients there. So all of the humectants that are in your lotion are just going to rinse away, and you're not going to have anything that stays behind. Or, or the stuff right. that does stay behind is not water-soluble, and it's going to be heavy and greasy on your hair. Having said all of that, you know, if you like the way that your hair feels after you use a body lotion in your hair, you know, that may be the way to go. Now, she also asked if it's safe to use hair conditioner on your skin. And in some cases, no, it's not. (laughs) That's because rinse-out conditioners sometimes uh, use a higher level of these quaternized ammonium compounds that can be Mm -hmm. irritating with your skin if left on the skin. In fact, some of the ingredients, an ingredient like, say, citrimonium chloride, right. 
for a Levon product, there's a, a maximum level you can use uh, safely. I think it's like, is it a tenth percent? Point two percent is. Oh, okay. To that, okay. But so. that's the maximum level you could use, and and the the reason is those cationic surfactants, which work really well on hair, especially when they're bound to hair. They also are super irritating to skin, and so yeah. if you're using a, a, a hair conditioner on your skin, you could actually be irritating your skin. Would you say that's more or less irritating than lime juice? <laughs> I'm going to say it's, it's, it's less, but they're both irritating, so not nearly <laughs> as irritating as when you ask a question and interrupt my uh, discussion. <laughs> now, I've lost, now I've lost my place in the script. <laughs> uh, you were talking about planking. Oh, yeah. That's right. Seven minutes this morning. <laughs> anyway, the the bottom line is that you know products are optimized for their intended purposes. So a skin lotion is optimized to be put on the skin. A hair conditioner is optimized to be put on the hair. Now these often will contain similar ingredients, but that doesn't mean that one is good for the other just because there are formulation differences. So. It's usually not a good idea to use something for a different part of your body that it's not meant for. Although in the case of a skin lotion for your hair, it's not exactly harmful, but you're not going to get the best effect. Or most people won't. But just to be clear, it is still okay if I brush my teeth with my antifungal foot cream, right? As, I... as long as you hit each of the 18 zones. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, not. So. <laughs> Uh, before we get to our last question, I, I want to do a quick iTunes shout out, and I don't even think I put this in this, the show notes for you. Okay. So okay. I'm, I'm just going to quickly cover these uh, because they're so important, right? We can't just leave this out for a week. That would be reckless. Absolutely. Uh, especially considering now we're up to 99 reviews. Oh, who's going to be that 100th review? One short of triple digits. So somebody please, uh, please give us that 100th review. Now, would it be, uh, would it be fair if I gave the 100th review or... I don't care. Use a fake name. Yeah, I'm good with that. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. All right. Here, here's two quick ones uh, from this past week. The first one is from Hanny15, who's from Australia. She says, I guess it's a she, uh, this is the best new podcast discovery I've made since Serial. Oh, wow. Like, holy crap. What, what Kool-Aid are these people <laughs> drinking that they think we're as good as that Serial show? That's amazing. Uh, why is this show not better known in the beauty blogosphere? I'm going through the back catalog right now. Thank you. Oh, well, that's excellent. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Hannah. I think the reason not we're not as <coughs> well known is because we do a terrible job of interacting with beauty <laughs> bloggers. <laughs> they don't like us. Uh, here's the second one uh, from KG Kid, who says, my favorite podcast by far. These guys are so funny and informative. They really know their stuff, and they help their listeners understand the oh-so-confusing world of beauty. They cut through the BS uh, that's so common in the beauty community with science and humor. Their advice has really helped me keep up the good work, Randy and Perry. So thank you, KG Kid. Where, where's the part where she says, uh, and I love their witty banter? <laughs> <laughs> You're the only one talking about the witty banter. <laughs> that's true. All right. Uh, we've got time for one more question. This one comes to us from Wendy. Uh, Wendy says uh, she's making her way through our podcasts, and she wonders if we've gotten to the more what she calls shock-inducing ingredients like snail mucus, bee venom, and horse oil. So you know we we have talked about snail slime and bee venom before, yeah. but and, and, I, and bull semen, <laughs> and, <laughs> indeed. 
Uh, but I thought, surely this must be a typo, right? There's no such thing as horse oil. Huh? Horse oil, I know. Uh, but I asked her, and she responded. She said, no, it, it's literally the oil that comes from horse fat. Wow. Uh, she says it's one of those ancient Chinese remedies for skin-related problems like eczema, skin burns, bug bites, anti-aging, and so forth. Huh. She says recently it's caught on as a current Asian beauty trend with some Korean actresses who are actively endorsing it. And she said that the science bit that she sees tossed around is that the lipid composition of horse oil is similar to human sebum, so it's better absorbed. Interesting. Okay. Wow. So, first of all, let me just say to all you animal rights activists in the audience, you can direct your hate meal to South Korea, <laughs> not to us. We are not recommending putting horse oil. I mean, I can't believe in this day and age anybody would mark a product, uh, market a product with oil from horses. Well, I mean, you're you have an American. A marrow-centric view of the world, right? And I don't think this uh, this anti-animal use is everywhere in the world, right? Certainly in America. I, I think it's pretty widespread. I don't know. I mean, what what's next? Keratin from mashed-up kittens? I mean, this this has got to stop. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Keratin kitten oil, boy. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. But, but let's set those ethical issues aside, at least for the moment. So how can we find out if there's any science behind horse oil being good for skin? Well, it's easy. You just read this technical paper I found titled Composition of Horse Oil in Relation to the Fats of Other Pasture-Fed Animals. Wow. <laughs> what what does your library look like? <laughs> this one's from a 1949 biochemistry journal, by the way. And I know you're dying to read the link to this in the show notes. Uh, anyway, it turns out that horse oil consists mostly of a blend of oleic and linoleic acids with some palmitic acid thrown in. All right. And those are, you know, some of the standard fatty acids you'll you see in lots of, of right. natural oils. Either Sounds of, like tallow, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. We can see these in, in vegetable oils as well. Um, now, is this really, quote, similar to, you know, human sebum so it's better absorbed? Well... Human sebum does contain a good slug of these fatty acids. Somewhere around 20 to 30% of sebum is the, is, has a similar composition. But in addition, sebum also uh, contains glycerides, wax esters, cholesterol, uh, different cholesterols. Right. So it's similar-ish, but if you really want to use a skin-identical oil, you know, why wouldn't you just use one of the many products that contain oils rich in linoleic acid like we, right. remember we talked we, i think we did a whole show on rosehip oil right right that contains yeah. linoleic acid so you don't have to go to this exotic you know and questionable practice of you know getting horse oil there's plenty of things you could use that would work just as well if not better yeah that's a that's a that's a good point um and you know i, I had to wonder if, if this is one of those examples we're always hearing about how the uh, korean beauty industry is so more advanced than the u.s beauty industry have you seen this There's well, a... well yeah no but i think the claim is that the the korean beauty industry is more innovative yeah, well yeah fair enough fair right. enough i think that's that should be a topic for another show i think sure. we could spend an entire 30 minutes talking about that a absolutely <laughs> all right uh, that's it for questions today. Do you have any uh, anything else you want to finish up with? That is for it for questions. Well, actually, uh, I have been uh, I have been listening to a new audiobook. Oh. Um, and I got that I got through Audible. It's a, a book I heard about on uh, on a podcast, a, a different podcast. <laughs> have you ever heard of this podcast, Freakonomics Radio? 
Sure. It's, yeah. it's, it's pretty good. But they, good. they did a whole series of shows uh, last month, or at least I've been listening to the last month, where they it was the self-improvement week. But they mm-hmm. one of the topics they did was a topic called grit, right? Okay. And grit is your ability to have stick to And if you want to get really good at something, you got to be gritty. Um, okay. And, and this, is a, this is a characteristic that I have a pretty good grit for a lot of things, like doing planks and uh, running and juggling every day. I, I think you're particularly gritty. But there are some areas where I want to improve. And so I, I heard about this book and this research, and it sounded fascinating. And I went to audible.com, and they had the book Grit. Um, and and you can go get the book Grit or our own book, The Beauty Isle Insider, uh, for free over at Audible if you do an Audible trial. So go to audibletrial.com slash beautybrains and sign up for free. You get a free month and a free book, and uh, you can hear about Grit, or uh, you can hear us answer some ans- uh, beauty questions in The Beauty Isle Insider. Although, you know, our book isn't read by us. <laughs> it's uh, it's hmm. read by another uh, author but uh, or another Reading actress, I guess. What do you call the people who read audiobooks? Uh, a actress. A actress. You know, I was just talking to my wife uh, uh, earlier today, and she said, "What do you think if I quit my job and I just read books for a living?" <laughs> like, I think it's a good thing you're making a lot of money podcasting. <laughs> yeah, tons. <laughs> well, anyway, if you want to help support this show, we're not actually making tons of money on it. Um, <laughs> If you want to help support the show, you can go to audibletrial.com slash beautybrains and sign up for a free month and a free book. And they should download, I stopped listening for a minute, but you said they should download this this uh, Southern cooking recipe book about grits? I, that's all I heard. It's a psychological book about improving your stick to called okay. Grit. Sorry. All right, Perry. Well, thank you for that fascinating book review. And thanks to our audience for sticking with us through another show. I hope you guys come back next week and listen to us. And until then, remember, be brainy about your view. Flags like-